1: And Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidrick from yeah. What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Hmm? Oh. Monetized now. we can get some cash from it. Uh, where we do daily wrestling podcasts, reviewing not just AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week. Complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sedrich. Look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight—a big show. It is the four-year anniversary, of course, of AEW Dynamite. There's talk of a new era in AEW, possibly the Rated R era, uh, and all the fallout,
2: of course, from AEW WrestleDream. Dream. I'm quite hyped for it. Um, Copeland in an AEW ring—it's going to be so surreal. Yeah. Something different to look at. Uh, the matches announced so far have got a, uh, weird talking about it in these terms, but a kind of a vintage dynamite flavor. And, you know, it's Kenny Omega. So whenever he's on the card, I'm always buzzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm very optimistic about the future of AEW. I just wish more people were buying tickets. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like Wrestle dream picked up near the end, didn't it? It's what like six odd thousand. They are getting outdrawn by WWE house shows on pay per view. I understand that the ticket pricing is probably different, but uh, I, it's just. I tell you what, I didn't review it because I was having a well earned day off. By well earned, I mean. Like um, a certain part-time colleague who is he in the podcast today? No,
1: he isn't.
2: <laughs> Michael Hamflit. I had to get told you haven't met your minimum days that you have to take. Oh yeah, I had to get. I just didn't know. I just assumed because we've got like a really cool um employee benefit here at What Culture slash Future where we get unlimited holidays. Limited. It's uh, it's one of those things where. When the first come, it's like, right, it's unlimited holidays, guys, but it isn't. It basically means you can be off whenever you want. I was
1: lucky enough to take four weeks off when Eric was born, for example. Yes. But you have to be able to get your
2: work done. Yeah. Um, Hamphlet was like, I can take anything I want off. (laughs) See you later, guys. (laughs) So I had to, I just assumed because I was a bit more, a bit less shy about asking for them. And the teachers' solidarity mm-hmm. was striking, so I remember taking quite a few days off to do childcare, and I had my nice two-week holiday in Crete. I was thinking I've taken loads here, yeah. And it uh, turns out I hadn't taken enough, so I missed the review last week. But I remember looking at the wrestle ticks every time it popped up on X and thinking, not a new one, <laughs> where no one's there, um, but they were loud as hell, yeah. So maybe, you know, atmosphere matters more than attendance. It still doesn't look right. Mm. It still doesn't look. I always remember that first dynamite.
1: We watched a bit of it the other day, didn't we? Because I was, I was talking about we the noise that Hager the got. Unbelievable. Hager, the best
2: he's ever looked. Before <laughs> oh, or since.
1: His, well, what, when his contract was coming up. It it his contract
2: was like it. up you, got suspiciously ripped all over again. <laughs> um, I, it's I just like to see Alice smiling faces. Brightly lit. It's not that anymore, mm. but look, if you do six months of television, pay-per-view, whatever, and people start to realize, right, the shadow's being lifted, the black cloud's being lifted, some yeah. more discourse and incident bogging everything down, and the shows are really getting booked well, maybe you'll see an uptick. Mm. Maybe like the, the momentum, it's the very start of, a new era of momentum. Um, but you're not going to see the fruits of that for quite some time, I would not have thought. No,
1: I, I think it's disingenuous for people to say, oh, do you think um, the signing of Adam Copeland is going to be akin to CM Punk? No, no nothing is, because of That's all That's
2: the thing. You say nothing is. You are more literally correct than you know. There is not a single wrestler... Bob Backlund, maybe being an exception, <laughs> but he was hardly a massive draw, was he? There's not a single wrestler who... And I'm not saying CM Punk didn't shift tickets and merch on the fact that he was one of the sharpest minds ever involved in the industry. Yeah. There's never been a wrestler, and this is probably probably part of my core problem with AEW in 2023. There's never been a wrestler who's gone away at the peak of their fame, at their, like, sort of, when they're just still physically brilliant. In like, 2013 was CM Punk's best year. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, there's never been a wrestler who's gone away for that long and just developed this aura as an iconoclast in the interim, and it never felt more like a pipe dream for anyone to come back. In the industry, the biggest but truest cliche of which is never say never. All right, that's the never. That sucks. Yeah. There is an actual never, and it's him of all people. To get that person back, the iconoclast you never thought would come back. I wish I could remember who this was on Twitter, but someone described them as wrestling's ex-boyfriend. And it's so succinct and so perfect. Um, like the person that you kind of love and hate at the same time. Um, you'll never recapture that magic of being able to not only bring that person back, but to market it so effectively oh. and to create the conditions of a company that already existed um, in which he could just flourish and be the best version of himself, and the worst as it transpires. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how talented you are, no matter how much Hall of Pay, Hall of Fame pedigree, in an actual one, the Observer, not bloody WWEs, mm. you'll never get that again. Um, so Copeland will not have the same effect. His record as a TV draw is not exactly impressive. <laughs> But I'm excited nonetheless. Yeah,
1: he's obviously addressing the audience about becoming All Elite um, and, well, presumably his plans going forward. Uh, Obviously, we've got the match with Luchasaurus next week. Hopefully more interactions with Christian Cage as well.
2: I, I wonder how, obviously, they're doing the Christian thing now. That's how he debuted in signature AEW booking style. Maybe signature wrestling booking style. He's going to have a match with one of his enemy's friends. So it looks like it's happening sooner rather than later, Edge versus Christian Cage. Because so I do expect they'll want a team as well at some point. Yes. So yeah, I, I saw some people saying, like, got to
1: do Edge and Christian for All In next year. And I was like, you really think they're going to, A, hold out that long, and B, the story won't have developed to the point where they're tagging at that well, point. Well, I
2: haven't seen Keith Lee versus fucking <laughs> Swerve Strickland yet. So... Maybe they could drag it out. Yeah. Um no, I know what you mean. They are doing it now, it would appear. Um Rick Ross. You are one old motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you are one gritty motherfucker. <laughs> um So aye, that's happening sooner rather than later. They'll probably take some time to get there. Um it's it's the that Edger versus Nick Wayne I want to watch. Yeah. Like the ultimate veteran who's been in it for about as long as anyone currently active versus the ultimate youngster and what kind of story they could tell with that dynamic. I think that would be fascinating. Um, So I I don't know if he's going to get interrupted by Christian Cage. Um, If Christian Cage's presser is any indication and, and they are almost exclusively conducted in character, so it probably is. He was asked about Copeland it's going to take a lot of getting used to that. He was so, like, rooted within the WWE system. Um, Christian Cage was asked about Copeland, and he basically tried to tell the story of, I've got one friend, and that's Luchasaurus, and I don't really care about Copeland at all. So I don't know if he interrupts. I don't know if he the character choice is to have him just ignore Copeland, knowing that, oh, God, the guy who was always considered better than me Wrongly, uh, is uh, you know, coming back and he basically wants to sort me out for being a dickhead and all the rest of it. <laughs> so, I think I don't know if there's going to be a promo interruption, we'll do the match at full gear, I think it'll go longer than that. But I'm interested to hear mm. from Copeland. Is it like the talk of this new era stuff that
1: Tony Khan tweeted out? It's just a way to buy the pay per view to sell the pay per view. Yeah, is I was going to say, is the new era the just the rated R era because you know Copeland shown up or is it I seem to be co- more convinced of this latter thing of if they are going to announce the new era I.E TV deal or um hBO max streaming deal or whatever like I I do understand why would you announce that on the same show that Adam Copeland arrives yeah. because no one's going to pay any attention they'll mention it but that's not going to generate anywhere near as many headlines and you're just gonna T- tread on your own dick. So, if you do have a big thing like that to announce sort of 12 pay per views or yeah. ho- whatever, no, that'll wait. Do make it like do that on the dynamite after, for example. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case tonight, but it's a four year anniversary, a nice moment to do it, I suppose. Yeah.
2: Um, it, it was just a marketing tactic because yeah. if they'd done something similar to Christian Cage and said, we've got a hot new signing. Game changing signing that we're gonna unveil at WrestleDream. You telegraphed the hell out of that. Yes. And because the rumours were so heavy, and because the idea that Christian was in the main event that yeah, alone yeah. they did such a great job in that match of sort of my headspace was oh well edges coming out at the end, but I'm happy to wait because this is great. Yes. Um if they had if they had have used any other verbiage. Along those lines, it would have been harder to focus on that main event. So they've gone with the total hyperbole of a new era. And uh, it's the sort of thing that WWE fans have got this really romantic deal about era as a suffix. New generation attitude, ruthless aggression. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as bold a narrative shift as that. Not that ruthless aggression. This is my ultimate biggest thing hate ruthless aggression era as a phrase. Mm. He said it once or twice then abandoned it in terms of the way the TV shows were formatted and structured and the tone of the stories was identical to the (laughs) Attitude (laughs) Era. It was probably even more vile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the word era has a connotation within wrestling that the signing of Adam Copeland was never going to match. Therefore, it was just a uh, marketing tactic to get you to buy the pay-per-view. So, if, back to Edger, If Christian isn't interrupting this promo because it would indicate from the presser that he's going to wait for Copeland to sort of target him yeah. and sort him out rather than the other way around, what does Copeland say? I don't know. I do know what I don't want him to do. So that's what I'll focus on here. I do not want him to be a cliche. Maybe he's permitted one night where yeah. he just does the happy to be here. God knows Punk did it. Yeah. Um. And there's all the time. Well, not all the time in the world. He's like 50. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's like three years, give or take, for him to really tell a story. I just, I want to know how dialed in he is. Um, I think it's important that he makes a statement. Um, Do you want at, him to
1: tease any potential matches? Oh, know, you've know, you got, obviously, the Christian one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it laundry over. list of dream matches. Put people
2: over, maybe allude to the fact that um, he wants to work with FTR, all that kind of stuff. I'm interested in his choice of words and, I don't know, he indicated in the press conference, he said certain things where, yeah, yeah, I'm putting words in the guy's mouth, and maybe I shouldn't do that. But he spoke of him and WWE outgrowing one another. Um, did he mention that he wasn't that happy with his creative? Have I imagined that?
1: I, I, I got allusions to that.
2: That's a thing. I think he must have known, oh, I hate doing this. I, I don't want to say these words that they're making me say with yeah. my disembodied head. Big vein. Yeah, um, but at the same time, he's not some schlub that they just give a notepad to, and the guy's like, okay, I'll say that, thank you. He's edge. Mm. So maybe a lot of this was his idea, but maybe he's since realized it was pretty earnest. I don't want Super Ernest Edge, which is tricky because he kind of has to express his happiness there. He's playing a baby face. It would be so Russo if he was to play heel because he's a beloved figure. People are happy that he's made the jump. It's fresh. It's new. I just don't want him to go out into that arena and basically cut every promo that people from the main roster do when they go to NXT. Mm. I love the passion of this place. I love the energy of this place. Like, I don't want him to just... That's so. that's road mm. i don't want him to do that i want edge to be funny
1: yes patter edge
2: patter edge i've said it i like, was so funny he used to be really really funny like his impersonation of rick flair was so hyperactive so spot on and that's just one example of him being patter like his facial expression the one that got memed where it's like half of his face and the top half where yeah. <sighs> he's being like just interestingly he used to have a very roguish charm The Mad Shagger and the Rated R Superstar. He is, uh, in fact, trademarked the rogue. Basically, what I'm saying is, I don't think you're going to get much out of him. I think it's going to be pretty boilerplate, and I'll give it time, because Christian Cage, right, he's one of the funniest, darkest characters in wrestling right now. And he evolved into this in a really, really funny, slow burn way. And he's got this real cruel streak. You've heard the stories about his ribs. he saw him with Alvarez. But it took a long time for him to get that in AEW. For a long time, he just played this really earnest, senior veteran babyface who wanted to, I'm just going to work really hard and prove that I belong. And it was like, oh, I love Christian. He can craft the hell out of a match, but that's pretty boring. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty boring and he was really funny in the Omega program and then he started to develop it. it it just took him a while to get yeah. that you can go to this place and be yourself and not have to be this I don't know, it's just there's something about WWE that just makes this blokes not funny <laughs> and Edge that really happened to him to a degree that was cringe so I will let cringe Edge play out and Pata Copeland Will come, I'm sure of that. What do you think about this Young book surprise
1: thing? They said, I think you guys are all going to be happy. So where did the teaser on are?
2: Uh Let me double check. Please double check. I should have done my preparation as well. Books uh, young Books surprise.
1: Young Books teaser surprise for Dynamite. Shout out to SE Scoops for this. It wasn't being the elite. I have a little bit of a surprise to make. I would never have watched that in 2023 this Wednesday coming up, I think you guys are all going to be happy. That's the mm. quote. Well, it's Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix. Um,
2: I guess, I've got absolutely no idea. And I don't know if that's because I know that they, even though they had the big match at all in, and even though they're now number one contenders again, they still feel at a remove from AEW, mm. Do you know what I mean? I've said before I've never cared l- less yes, about them. Yes, and I think quite a few people echo that opinion. So for me, it's jarring enough that they seem to be looking forward to doing something on Dynamite rather than turning up and just doing some great stuff on autopilot because that's how good they are. Mm. It's so jarring that they are hyped and thinking about things and deli- like promising things. Not, like, they haven't promoted themselves, which is so weird. This act changed the freaking industry mm. by promoting the hell out of themselves and popularizing the meet and greet circuit. And in conjunction with Cody Rhodes, believing that they were big enough to do 10,000 when it seemed absolutely, you know, wildly unrealistic. And now the sort of, you know, the rap is turned up, done some trios matches, mm. won some trios matches, lost a trios match. Had a feud with the BCC, which looked incredibly painful. If you look at everything the the Bucs did in that feud, you can't doubt their physical commitment. Nope. But in terms of how much they really seem to want to be there and be present and be a focal point and be ticket sellers and be stars and be mad into it and motivated, I haven't seen that side from them. So it's almost weird that they're actually hyping something. So much so that that's such a shock to me that I can't even begin to think what it is. Is there anyone from the California circle that they could draw on? Is there a, it could it just be some kind of attire throwback. Mm. I've got no idea. Have you got any idea?
1: No, I've, I've, I'm trying to, I was racking my brains there. I was like, well, yeah, they're, they're number one contenders. They've got the, tri- the RH trio stuff, obviously, that they've done recently as well. We're all just sat here waiting for a
2: heel turn. Effectively, yeah. I don't think they're going to be
1: big announcement, guys. We're heels now. Yeah. It's not going to be that. So it's
2: really odd. Like again, it's just it's so jarring that they're doing this. Um, may I've my fantasy book, and, and maybe they'll shoot their shot for full gear, which is the, I believe it's in the Kia Forum in California, which is their home state. I think that politically, if they are to get the belt from FTR. They want to tell you that they are the two biggest tag teams in the company and that they're going to have this, uh, funnily enough, a Dark Side with a legacy rivalry. the <laughs> uh, Best way of telling the story, you, you basically want to always leave the question open-ended. Who's the best tag team? Mm-hmm. To do that, you have the Bucks in their home state, home field advantage. If they win there, it kind of counts and it doesn't as a way of prolonging the story yep. over the long term. And if they do it in a ladder match, which is something they are way more well versed in than FTR. A kind of they can say we won a lot of match clean, but the FTR could say, "Oh, well, you know, we ain't no clamor. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's just it. Maybe
1: the big announcement is we've decided where we're getting our. T- I don't know why they have the, r- the decision to make
2: where and when and
1: what the match is for our big
2: title match. It's weird that because I don't. I do not anticipate Nick Jackson beating Phoenix for the international title but that's a good segue as any, isn't it? Yeah. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything
1: you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray.
0: And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of.
1: Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.
0: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Let's talk about it, yeah, for the International Championship. Uh, rolling back the years, Ray Phoenix
2: and Nick Jackson. It doesn't... F- it, again, it's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. I remember reviewing that, like, vividly. I remember reviewing that match and losing my mind over it. Dot, 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 but that was four years ago. I'm... First of all, I'm a little bit apprehensive about the quality of the match, given how we know Phoenix is really banged up mm-hmm. but he will not in the adrenaline of the moment and what have you know how s- high the standards he set for himself are he will feel it after the match he's not going to be gun shy in it how much am I going to enjoy this match compared to the first one because even by 2019 I'd seen a lot of that style of pro wrestling Um, but watching it in front of, what was it like, probably 4,000, 5,000 fans in the sort of halcyon days of dynamite where having that style, and WWE had long since subsumed some of it, Mm -hmm. but having that style, that futuristic lucha hybrid style, so fast, so many head drops in front of that backdrop. It was just the most exhilarating novel thing, like the major label breakthrough. It's been four years. Can they really capture the excitement of that fizzing style against that backdrop? I don't know. Particularly when there's not going to be as many fans, I wouldn't have thought. Mm. How much do I still get excited by it? And I'm not saying it was a moment in time. I'm not saying that Nick Jackson isn't a guy whose work stands up or who isn't still great. Um, But I just don't know if I'm going to get the same feeling from it. I think Phoenix will win. Yeah. Um but I was it's this is the kind of match that would have excited me a lot more four years ago mm. just for what a novelty it was. Um I what I really like the detail about that match is that I was like I think the idea was Matt Jackson had been written off. that he'd been injured by Santana and Ortiz. Um So the the storyline was that Matt couldn't make the show, so Nick's going to do a singles match for a contractual obligation or whatever. And He kept forgetting that Matt wasn't in the corner and, and Phoenix kept doing him because of it. I just think it's going to feel a bit more familiar. And that's the worst thing for this match because the idea was it was so unbelievable in a way that you can't comprehend some of the stuff they're doing in there that it was so unfamiliar. When it starts to feel like, I've seen this before, you know, maybe they'll blow me away and I'll feel like such a dickhead, but I don't know. There's just something about the way trends have shifted, the way this style of match has just been cannibalized by lesser workers. I don't know. I just don't think
1: I've got the same feeling. We mentioned a Wrestle Dream fallout. As part of that, we got a tag match. Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega together. Oh, my God. Versus Sammy
2: Guevara and Konosuke Takeshita. We've taken the best joint or second best worker out of the match I've just seen what, four days ago? I don't know. It's a bit wonky. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen it. And this is going to be a slightly diminished return. Um, it'll still be a very, very good match. Really interested in who wins. Because I think there's something to this Jericho Omega act. As I've mentioned before, Like I don't need exposition in wrestling, but I think the elite sometimes go so far in the other direction where they tell a lot of their story without promo time. Um through, you know, body language and the like the love of big, elaborate, orchestrated, plotted brawl. Um I don't know, it's just like that TV sensibility that you have in your head. It just doesn't really feel like they're doing it right. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. And Omegas can really cut a great promo, and I know it just feels more. Just, again, I use that word present. It just felt like they were kind of doing a knockabout. Because the thing about the Elite and what was so good about their story, like in the body of the story and indeed sort of like on the outside of it is that the the rap was in the first three or four months of Dynamite, it was like, oh, they're losing a lot. I'm already cutting that many promos. The matches are great, but do they know what to do on television? (laughs) And then the way that they all came together in 2021 when the book's on chandeliers on the head, <laughs> when Nick Jackson was doing scared noises in, in the limo. limo. Yeah. And like Gallows was licking his bicep <laughs> and Omega was like putting his sunglasses on and just being really funny. And they were doing loads of in-ring segments. And so like, I know they get this. Yeah. Like they're good at doing trad TV stuff. Where's that been? Mm. Where has that been? And it's like, again, it's like, how dialed in are you? Like, how much do you actually care about this? Like the statement when they resigned was, "Oh, the schedule's nice." Mm. So I want Omega to rediscover his TV star personality because he can be one, and part of it is talking. It just is. So I do like this tag team, but at the same time, Guevara and Takeshita still don't feel like they've benefited much mm. from these respective feuds. Like Takeshita's won every match against Omega, but he doesn't really feel like he's been elevated. No, do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, obviously, yeah. The the all-out match was like, bloody hell, that's a big win for him. Yeah. But after that, I was going to say, is it time, yeah, that the, the Callis family lose a match or Omega and, and Jericho win at least?
2: Um, well, I don't know because this America this Omega-Jericho thing, put it this way, there's been – Jericho's been trademarking stuff. Nothing you should be trademarking. But he's been trademarking it nonetheless, yeah. which would indicate to me that it's not just – Tony Khan always puts people together. Like Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy. They were just mates every now and then. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably pick it up again. This doesn't feel like it's that. This feels bigger. But at the same time, they've each got the singles, foods with Guevara. And I just don't know. Garcia Do involvement at all? Or? Ooh. The last time you saw him was a grand slam in a backstage interview. Mm-hmm.
1: Carlos is like, I'm working on him as well. Don't worry. Yeah.
2: I, that could be a way of having Omega lose yet again. But I Omega and Jericho just lose all the time? Oh, good you know luck. I mean? They just lose all of the time, it seems. Apart from a Grand Slam. But they lose a lot, basically. Yeah. They lose a lot. So, I don't know. I will let this play out. Yeah. I'm not nervous about it. Um, I think it's been a really well-told story. Calla's family versus Omega and pals is better than BCC Elite. Not in the ring, but in terms of, I buy why people hate each other. There's been betrayals. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, you're, you're just saying CM Punk stuff out of Danielson's mouth to try and get something out of that. I'd, I'd, it would be a coin flip for me. Mm. Uh, what do you think next
1: for MJF on this show? Obviously, defended the the tag titles on behalf of Adam Cole against the Righteous uh, to open Wrestle Dream over the weekend. J White stuff has started, and of course, I should mention the uh, the big "Who's the Devil?" attack last week.
2: Yeah, that. Uh, I like the idea of a mystery. I don't think the execution was that great.
1: I suppose it, it, it all it all depends on when we circle back to this, looking back after we
2: find out who the devil actually is. Yeah, wrestling a mystery very rarely it never has a great outcome. <laughs> um, I, I. <sighs> My immediate thought when I saw that attack was this feels hastily arranged because better than you baby, have split up. And, you know, you can come up with a great idea in five seconds. You can. But, again, it's let it play out stuff for me. It's not the kind of thing where I'm like I'm really pitching, like, a top ten list of who attacked him. Mm. I don't think it's that hot. I don't think I'm that interested Um I'm a bit cynical about how good it can be when it's clearly a hastily booked thing to pivot away from something you can't do anymore. This ROH World Tag Team title stuff really feels like it could be a problem mm. in the next few months.
1: I, I, th- I think you can just th- drop that. I want them to have... I like the skits. I want them to have more stuff
2: with... Sick of the skits. You're sick. Uh, uh, from the start, there was a few good ones early. Cole and MGF in that ring as a tag team. It was magic. Yeah. You, I mean, you
1: need MGF in the ring on this show. It's your four year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just a big promo. Uh,
2: the skits were starting to just... I don't think they were that funny, but it's one of those where it's like... Just uh, an so open, open
1: goal with Roderick, Roderick Strong and Adam Cole being injured at the same time.
2: Yeah. In, Injured yeah, for one of they're them. They're so over that they just you kind of you have to do them now. I've got absolutely no idea. All I know was that at Wrestle Dream, my prevailing thought or feeling rather was virtual. So solo performance from MJF, but he could wrestle Matt Hardy, and I'd be into it.
1: Yeah. That's how highly yeah. I
2: think of MJF, and it's like as good as MJF versus Matt Hardy would inexplicably be. Matt Hardy versus MGF is not a valuable use of MGS time. Uh, great promo. Nothing segment. personal, of course. <laughs> great promo. should see his Twitter life. Great promo segment with Jay White last week. Maybe this week,
1: Rock Hard Juice Robinson.
2: Oh my God, MGF versus Juice Robinson would be uh, Give it to too me. much banner for one building. Really, they have to run that. They have to run that promo duel all in two, <laughs> not all in three. So I mean,
1: you. it might kickstart Dead uh He's like, oh, is this? Banner is, again. yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Adam. Come on, it's a bloody serious. I'm getting that vein out. He's yeah. not done anything like that in AEW, obviously. Kubrick shot.
2: <laughs> I think he is.
1: Um, I, I don't want to get too sort of hyperbolic here, Sige but I think
2: I've not really previewed that. I don't know. I've basically said, I don't, I don't know,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's weird post this pay per view in particular, I think, but um, I don't think it's too too hyperbolic to say. Brian Anderson had quite a good match at Wrestle Dream. Uh, match of the
2: year, match of the year. of
1: That even just like I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again. A because I, th- I think I was a bit. I was thinking I was too harsh. I'll, I'll admit this on the Wrestle Dream review because I think I'm a man who gets very easily gets. I don't really show it at work, but gets a bit grumpy if he doesn't have enough sleep. And with a seven week old child, you know how that works. I'm definitely gonna go back uh, and fully appreciate Danielson ZSJ purely because I was just on eggs last night and just saw that looping gif of the dragon screw and i was like oh just that one
2: move yeah and
1: I was like, it's, it's the most brutal looking dragon screw i've ever seen
2: it's i watched that dragon screw and bear in mind there were four wrestlers at commentary four commentators at the booth three of whom yeah. actually wrestled and they all had the exact same uh, noise that i made yeah so i've seen horror tackles in football <sighs> and you've seen a leg go the wrong way, and you think they've got... Oh, what a shame for them. Like They've got months on the sidelines. Zack Sabre Jr. is so good that he worked it. <laughs> how do you work bending your leg in such a grotesque, unnatural, injurious angle? I, I, how has he done that? What? What's? Where's the card? You know what I mean? Hmm. Where have you hidden that card? <laughs> how have you done that? It's magic, like... The only way I can comprehend that he's done that is he's worked on his foot ahead of the match and just practiced, like, how far can I bend this before really feeling something? Just committed and, like, made it hurt but not injured himself. Like, ooh, that is the yeah, that, that is If it. I go beyond there when I'm twisting it, I'm in, tr- I'm in trouble. If I just do it there... Then people think my ligaments have snapped. How has he done it? So,
1: very open ended question of who's next for Brian Danielson, but overarching wise, he's on this big, sounds awful to call it a farewell tour. We've got hopefully a year of him left doing this sort of thing. He'll wrestle until he's 50. <laughs> so, uh, I want a genuine uh, answer of who you'd like to see him doing stuff with next, and then going play a couple of games.
2: Yeah. The McGuinness thing has to be happening. Yeah. And if it isn't, everyone thinks it's happening. And if it isn't, McGuinness should be told to l- l- stop laying it on quite as yeah. thick. Dial um, it back. Dial it back if it ain't happening. If it's happening, keep going. This is magic. We were fantasy booking this in the office like total nerds earlier. <laughs> the idea is like, it's. if you were McGuinness, you, you would be this good. The guy yeah. who got to WWE when you should have and he shouldn't or whatever, in McGuinness's mind, not only did he go to WWE, he had WrestleMania 30. That should never have happened. He became like a – he met the love of his life in WWE. Yeah. He earned a fortune in WWE. He went to WWE and made it on his own terms. He became part of the furniture in WWE. He had a job for life. I was going to say, he point. could go
1: back, he could walk back in
2: there he tomorrow. He could walk back in WWE. He had a job in, for life in WWE. So even before.
1: He even you, broke the system to the point where he's like, I'd like to work with this person. It's, yeah. like, it's Drew Gulak. I'd like to work with him, I'm, and I'm Daniel Bryan. Yeah.
2: And they went, okay, yeah. So even if you were McGuinness, you would resent him for 2021. And then what happens? He somehow expands on an all-timer artistic legacy to enter the very best work of his all-time great, maybe even number one ever career. And you're McGuinness and you have to actually call it. you would be devastated. What if it just reaches a point? And what a, a really cool angle this would be in story if it just gets progressively more and more resentful of Danielson cannot sanction that this brilliance is happening in front of him when it's his life or what it should have been and then on just one random collision maybe even have him dial it back for two weeks where you think oh maybe he's been told you're not wrestling him Mm -hmm. so don't do it as much he just takes a headset off sprints in the ring just decks him Mm. that would be wild to see a commentator do that in aw so if the mcginnis thing is happening they are slowly telling a just fantastic story. Story of the year. Story of the year. I'd I'd slowly sort of
1: transition him because obviously he did the announcement all in. British. Maybe just start working in for and you know, it has to be give it a bit of time, Tony. Has to be two months down the line. Yeah, actually, Nigel, you know, Tony normally does the in-ring interviews, but Nigel started doing a bit of them as well, actually, now. And have him nowhere near Brian Danielson for, for two months. He's going to interview. Chris Statlander yeah. or whoever it may be just so he gets to the point of Danielson being like well Nigel what a career it's been and he's just seemed
2: I love that like make it logical that you would interview people yeah, not suddenly oh here he is yeah, Nigel I mean,
1: McGuinness is going to take this one actually. yeah
2: yeah yeah uh, that's a great idea hey hey hey,
1: hey it's going to be butter baby I'm on a roll it's been a while actually since I've been on a roll but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway um, enough all the you know serious stuff it's
2: time to play the game
0: Time to,
1: to play game! <laughs> did it? Did, it did, did it, it? did it? Who from the AW roster will Brian Danielson set up a feud with tonight on Dynamite? Oh,
2: or, or on Collision? But it's Dynamite preview, so we'll just do it now. Yeah. And guess what? We'll do it again. On, <laughs> we'll do it again. And also, we've got another game after this. Uh, yeah. So I'm scrolling through the uh, AW
1: roster page. Uh, when you're ready. Tell me to stop and pick him between one
2: and five. And that probably rules so he gets to skip. We'll have to have Kenny Omega just, I know. We had Danielson Omega when Danielson hadn't realized just how good he could be in AEW. And when Kenny Omega was, what, two months away from going, ah, my body's yeah knackered. We need them in this phase of their respective careers. Sorry. oh Stop.
1: I'm between one and five. Don't forget, two skips, potentially. But you can't go back after you've skipped. Five.
2: Stu Grayson. Twist. <laughs> I mean, that match would rule. Yeah. But twist. So there's always a twist. Stop. Four.
1: <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Friedman.
2: Twisting only because we've seen it. Only because we've seen it. I would, I would happily see it again. So now... So it was one of the matches of the year, matches of the year. Now, whatever
1: we get here, it has to, it's, gonna we, it's we, going to happen. It's going to happen tonight on Dynamite. Set your DVRs. Even though we don't book it and it's going to happen on Collision. Yeah. Um, start one. Brian Danielson versus Rockard Juice Robinson. That'd be great. That'd be hilarious. But you think that's the end of the Dynamite preview?
0: It's
2: time to play the game! Time to play the game! Ha 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 (laughs) ha! Danielson versus Tamina. That's the bloody form that man is in.
1: Uh, You may have noticed today, uh, or last night, that uh, NXT's booking patterns shifted slightly for next week because John Cena... Paul Heyman, Cody Rhodes, and Asker are going to be on that show. <laughs> That's funny, man. Because they're going to head-to-head with Dynamite next week. So, in anticipation of that, you know, this is there's never, like, hot shot stuff. Or very rarely is there, like, uh, an impromptu match on Dynamite. So, we have to establish this week what's going to be booked to counter-program NXT next week. Uh, on the NXT review, which is well worth checking out, Sid suggested a wild match that could actually swing it in their favor, but never mind what type of match it is. What two people do we book to face each other on next week's dynamite to try and win the ratings war? Which do not get involved in the discourse online in the next, well, actually, to, I suppose, but just
2: under just under.
1: Well, I suppose if you, if you include uh, the when the ratings come out and
2: yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's around,
1: just avoid X for all this. Um, so who's the match? So we're we gonna have. You do get three goes on each side. Yes. And, or, if you want to, you can say, actually, Adam, I'd like it to be a tag match after you get your first person. We'll just do a single. Yeah, we'll see. It could be. Could It be. Could, be. could be not. Yeah.
2: Uh, right, I'm going through. So, what are the rules here? Opponent one, three goals, stick twist. And yeah. then, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stop three. Okay. Hook. Nah. Okay. Twist. It was December 2021. I'd have bloody who do a stand there. Stop for Claudio. Oh, two people. They're not gonna get ratings, and they're not. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna regret it. Stop Two.
1: Andrade. Oh,
2: great, great.
1: Who will Andrade be facing? He's all right. I'm going back down now. was at the top there. Stop one. Oh, that's not going to work. Mark Davis is injured, isn't he? Yeah. That doesn't count. I'm just rolling in again. Stop. Four. MJF. Two skips left. You're going to roll the dice.
2: Look, at MJF's to draw,
1: yeah, that match would be great. You could, and do you know what I'll let you do just to make this interesting. You've got two skips. You can switch it back over to yeah, yeah, hey. So it's MJF versus <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's okay, we make our own f-ing rules. So. <laughs> uh, right, uh, MJF putting the world title yes. on the line next week. That makes there we go. That makes sense. But who is he putting on the line against Michael
2: Sidgwick? So this is my last one. No, you got. T- now you last, got two. That's my last one, isn't it? Two, didn't yeah. you? Let's make up the rules of that <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> As, I thought you put in the swear. Yeah, put the swear. Oh, yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, stop five.
1: Okay, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Busy, isn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. Stop three. Okay, this is the, this is it. This is. <laughs> Don't say, it. do not say it's Matt Hardy. Do not say it's I, Matt
1: I, Hardy. I'll say this, I did not, this person was still on the AW roster. Jesus maybe Christ. Maybe you can clarify for me if I've got this wrong and they just haven't taken them off. Because <laughs> the ratings battle winner, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, world title on the line. So the other person could be working, walking out as world champion. You never know, you know, maybe uh, you could get cost by the devil person or Cole or Roddy. MJF versus
2: Parker Boudreaux. No, it doesn't count. Okay. It's, uh, he, I thought that's
1: okay. Oh, he's, he's, we're gone. Going. he's
2: gone. He's gone. Oh, he's not going to get used anymore, basically. Yes, that's fair. Stop one. Okay, I was going back up. That was Mark
1: Davis again. Right. <laughs> Stop two. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Really interesting, actually, because on NXT, you've got a former AEW guy in Cody Rhodes. And on AEW, you have MJF defending the world title against Malachi Black. Close, Keith
2: Lee. Oh, I'll take that. I'll take that. That'd be great.
1: That'd be really fun. Well, there we have it.
2: Congratulations! Thank you. uh, Thank you.
1: Oh, hang on. Let me just check if there's a women's match book for tonight. No. Uh, Right. Okay. (laughs) Let's know your thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight on Exit. Uh, at what culture WWE? Uh, watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M
2: Sidgwick. You
1: can follow me at Adam Wilburn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from, and on YouTube as well. Uh, you can check out our Wrestle Dream review, which is on there right now, as is available as a podcast as well. Uh, NXT review is available as well right now too. And myself and yeah. Sidwick and Hamlet will be back tomorrow to review the fourth anniversary AEW Dynamite. But for now. My thanks to Michael Sidrick. This has been the AW Preview. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.
0: Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's eufy.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class, all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.